Hello, entrepreneurs, dreamers, business owners, and happy people with high hopes. Welcome to Cash Flows with your host, Cash Matthews. Okay, welcome to Cash Flows. We're glad you're here. Uh, my name is Cash Matthews. I'm your host today and pretty much every other day at this point. And, uh, you know, this show is based on a simple philosophy of fire, aim, ready. And we love to talk to entrepreneurs and family people and those people on a mission to get a little bit better. And, you know, Kenneth, in life, it's so easy to get off track. And uh, some of the things that we're taught in life are actually incorrect. Yeah. You know, I, you know, the story, I like to tell it. I got, uh, I got reprimanded in the third grade for mm-hmm. copying off my neighbor, a guy named Joe Mark Cowden, still good friends with him 55 right. years later. And my Aunt Dorothy was also my teacher, and she yelled at, well, she hit me and uh, because I was copying off my neighbor. And she asked me in front of the class while she's beating me, you know, why are you <laughs> copying off of him? And I, I thought it was the dumbest thing I'd ever heard. I'm like, well, Aunt Dorothy, you know, he's smarter than me. <laughs> Like I, I thought it was, uh, I, I thought it was obvious, but it wasn't obvious. Uh, but we found out in life that it's okay to copy off your neighbor. And in a little bit, we're going to hear from Michelle Mesa. We haven't introduced her officially yet, of course. Uh, but she's a, a, a success coach and a business person who's made a lot of headway in the economy. And we're going to get a business nugget from her. Um, but a lot of people feel stranded and mm-hmm. uh, we're a believer in fire aim ready, which talks about taking action, not perfect action, just taking action a little bit at a time, moving forward, stumbling forward. And if you've been stranded, you're going to love cash flows. Uh, we're about the American condition, getting a little bit better at business or life or whatever your endeavor is. And uh, with that, I'd like to introduce our executive producer, Mr. Kenneth Bacham. Kenneth. Well, good morning. How's it going? I, you know, I have had a tremendous day. I'm surrounded by friends. Good. And uh, just another great day. Here, yeah. here in America. That's awesome. That's awesome. And, uh, you know, I've got you, you and I have been working. What show number is this that we've done together? Oh, gosh. We're on number 87. Wow. Yes. 87 in a row. That's right. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty psyched about that. And all today. Yeah, all today. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, when you have a show that's only 40 seconds long, yeah, you yeah. can do that. All right. Thank you all for coming. <laughs> it's, been, it's been a lot of fun. <laughs> okay. Wrap it up. Well, yeah, of course. So, so, But I know we like to share a bit of, uh, of daily wisdom. Sometimes we give that a name. We might say something like, Miss Bites, Miss, Miss, Miss Bites, <laughs> you know, and just have a good time with it. Yeah. So what do you what do you have for us today, Mr. Cash? Uh, the Biz Bite for today are the characteristics of a winner. Uh, You know, I've been in my business. I work in the financial industry, but I've also worked with entrepreneurs for 42 straight years. And I love working with entrepreneurs. You know, I mean, it's the American dream to get out on your own, make all the money you can and serve people and do great things and leave a footprint instead of a butt print that you even existed. And that's, you know, that's what entrepreneurship can be about. But often people get stuck and they want to know, why am I stuck? Why isn't it working? Why Why am I not making all the big bucks? Well, while this topic could be, you know, a hundred different episodes, today we're going to talk about the characteristics of a winner. And in this life, man, there's winners and there's whiners, and the differences are pretty vast. And we're not going to answer all of those questions here in the minute we have to talk about our biz bite. And if you want to talk to us more, visit more, learn more, hang out more, you can email us at cashflows at tulsabong.com. Cashflows, one word, cashflows at tulsabong.com. And we can dig in a little better, but let's talk about the characteristics of somebody who succeeds in business. The number one thing that I see in business 
that is a characteristic of all the top people that I know is this. They take responsibility. They are responsible for themselves. They're not blaming anybody. They aren't looking to the government or their mama or anybody else to fix their deal. They recognize when you're 18 years old and one day, it ain't anybody's fault but yours, and then your proving ground begins on that day. So self-responsibility, Kenneth, is the number one attribute of somebody that I would call, a, you know, a winner at business. And that doesn't make them a winner at life. You know, that's there are other things that go into that. But to win at business, you've got to be self-responsible. You know, a lot of people talk about this thing called beast mode. You ever been in the beast mode? I'm a beast. I'm a beast. Meow. <laughs> <laughs> Hear me roar. <laughs> yeah, I'm roaring there. And, the, you know, the fact of the matter is there is no such thing as beast mode. What there is is powerful, repetitive, consistent, good behaviors. Those are the things yeah. that win. It's not going beast mode for a week. It's like those people that, you know, January 1 rolls around and, like, I'm losing 50 pounds and they have carrots for lunch. <laughs> and then they're like, yeah, I'm beast mode on the carrots. And this you know, the year. next day they're back at the DQ having the Dilly Buster Bar with a fried steak sandwich. And you know, yeah. yeah. Well, they get a diet coke to offset everything. And uh, that, that's yeah, you got to have balance, man. I'm having a diet coke with my steak fingers and gravy. Um, so there is no beast mode. There's just consistent, repetitive, good behavior over time. That's what makes you win. To me, that's a beast. Now, beasts are hungry every day. I mean, I think we could be hungry every day. Um, the other thing that's an attribute of a winner is this thing I call a decided heart. You know, some people end up in entrepreneurship because they lost a job, a spouse, a situation, and they ended up an entrepreneur, man. I've known all the days of my life. I was never getting a job. Mm-hmm. Like I never, never occurred to me. Like somebody said, Hey, how do you do a resume? I'm like, I, I don't know <laughs> how, I mean, I've, you know, I don't know how to pack a parachute either. I've never done that. (laughs) And I don't know how to do a resume. Like you write down a bunch of stuff. Your resume, I think, is what you want people to think you are. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's probably like the best thing. Um, I don't know where mine is. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking about doing one. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) It would be fun to go work at a job for about maybe an hour because I'd be, you know, scrolling on the phone and trying to eat and have coffee and take my dog with me. I would, if I got a job, I would show up with my dog. Anyway. Of course. Okay. Well, anyway, so that's, that is the concept, the characteristics of winners. Number one, they are responsible for themselves. They know if it's to be, it's up to me. The sun rises and falls with their behavior. They're not looking to someone else. They're not blaming the government or the weather or the man or their mama or their childhood. And, uh, man, if you're, I'm 62. If you're 62 blaming your childhood, you're still in it. Yes, So that's true. Number two, consistency, power of consistency. Number three, you have a decided heart. This is what I'm going to do. You know, I started in my career uh, August of 1980 or 81, somewhere in there, and I told the guy the night that I signed up in the financial biz, like, this is all I'm ever going to do. This is my jam. I'm in. You can come back in 40 years. I'll still be here. And he kind of smiled politely at me, and he's like, you know, everybody kind of says that, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, August August 15th was 42 years. Wow. Yeah, still here. Thank it's you, amazing. Lord. Hey, you know what we need to do next? What? We need to introduce our guest. Let's do that. <laughs> All right. Well, this is going to be awesome. We are here with Michelle Meza. Meza is M-E-Z-A. 
Yes. And I, I've wrote it down twice, M-E-S-A <laughs> and M-A-Z-E-A. Yeah, and, it's uh, not so, table in Spanish. <laughs> it's what? It's not table in Spanish. It's not table in Spanish? Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> we're here with Michelle Meza, and we're going to have you say the name of your corporation, your company that you work under. Okay. L- Lutsky. Yeah, Luxie uh, Coaching and see, Consulting. I, I, there are th- <laughs> and, and what is your website? It's LuxieConsulting.com. That's L-U-K-S-I Consulting.com. We're going to say that many times. Yes. <laughs> Luxie wh- means turtle in Choctaw. I'm Native American. Okay. LuxieConsulting.com. Uh, is that kind of the turtle and the hare kind of concept? Do you know about that story? Actually, yeah. It's that's, when the that's turtle, my favorite story. The I... turtle race is the first book I ever read all the way through. Uh, I was 15. and. Uh, <laughs> But it really is a great story, and it speaks of consistency, yes, consistent effort, and not laying around on the sidelines for too long. Well, uh, so we're here with Michelle. Now, Michelle's one L, right? Yes, Michelle with one. Yeah, L. and I've made that mistake as well. I mean, <laughs> everyone you, does. You've got a complicated thing going on. I do. Yeah. All Full right. Of complications. That's all right. Well, uh, we're going to talk to Michelle about her business and her family and what's important to her in life. Uh, but before we do that, we met in this thing called uh, the Bond Group, right? Yes. Yeah, and you're one of the founding members, one of the first thousand members. And uh, so talk about first your Bong experience, you know, how we met, anything you want to talk about about the Bong, because we want people to know about it. Great. So this is a funny story. I actually thought Cash was a spammer. Oh. And so <laughs> my interaction or my response when he reached out to me to see if I was real and I was actually from Tulsa. <laughs> I was like so rude to him. I was like, you're a spammer. Like, why do you want that information for? Like, who are you? <laughs> it was so funny. But, you know, he actually didn't take it personally. I felt kind of bad afterwards. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is a real guy. Like, he's legit. I'm a real human. I'm yeah, real I actually researched you. <laughs> okay. I re- like, once I realized, like, you weren't a spammer or right. crypto guy. None no of those things. That, but, you know, like a fake crypto. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I realized, like, okay, he's a, this is a legit thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, I mean, so what's the experience been like for you? It's been amazing. You know, I've been in this networking gig for a long time, you know, back when it first started and people were calling them mixers. And I knew that I I was really, yeah, (laughs) I was really looking for just a group of friends. And I immediately resonated with who you are, Cash. You know, we're, that's why we're friends, right? Please don't make me laugh. Oh my gosh. And and we joke. Yeah. We, (laughs) we joke all the time. We probably joke more than we start out serious talking about, and we never finish our conversations because we're just, we laugh. That's a problem. Yeah, that is. But it's great. But you've met a lot of people in the Bond Group. I have, yes. And uh, lots of great people. And that's, I mean, that's been, I don't know, that's a good life. It is, yeah. My life, my life has gotten so much better. I used to join like every group that I can, but last year, at the beginning of last year, one of my goals was to be more intentional, and so I actually was on purpose searching for a networking group. Right. I'm a part of many, but the Tulsa Bong, it's just my people. I knew at the first meeting, yeah, <laughs> at the C- Tulsa Country Club, that right. this was my tribe. This is my people, and that's kind of where it just kind of. Built from there. That, that word tribe really works for people, and it works mm-hmm. for me. I mean, that's part of my culture. You know, we came here just wanting to make friends, mm-hmm. and we had this goal, like, wouldn't it be great if we built this bond group up and we could get, you know, like 50 people in it? Yeah. Because when we started, we had we knew zero people. <laughs> yeah. And I knew the catering lady at the club where we had our first few events better than I, I mean, I didn't know anybody. 
and uh, two days ago, yesterday actually, we hit 5,800 members. Wow. And tomorrow we'll hit 5,900 members. And by next Thursday, we'll be at 6,000. Wow. Yeah. You've done and a lot in a little over a year. Uh, two, two years. We're right at two, two years. Yeah, yeah we're right, right at oh, two years. Oh, it has been. Yeah, can you believe it? Wow. Yeah. We're, That's crazy. Uh, Time flies when you have fun. when you're having fun, yeah. That's right, yeah. So we're going to dig in with Michelle Mesa, Luxie Consulting, L-U-K-S-I, Luxie Consulting. Luxie means turtle in Choctaw. Is that what yes. you said? Okay. <clears throat> I, see, I didn't know that. I learned. We yeah. actually... Exchange something of meaning today besides jokes. That's right. All I'm right. impressed with Very us. Very cool. At the beginning, too. So you have a different kind of set of skills. I do. Okay. I, I feel like doing the Liam, Liam Neeson voice. Like, <laughs> I have a very specific set of skills. <laughs> I will find you, and I will educate you. <laughs> yeah. I'm a ninja. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. So what, uh, let's, let's talk about what you do and how you do it and your philosophy and, uh, you know, let us get to know Michelle Mesa a little bit better. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me, Cash. You're an inspiration to me. I just want to share that. I don't want to make you cry at the beginning I, of this, I'll, but, yeah. you know. Okay. Let's, yeah. <laughs> All right. And just what you've done with our community. Um, Tulsa really needed that. And so, I, yes, I do many things. I actually started out really young. I've been in the business industry for almost 30 years. Can you believe it? And a lot of people you started like eight years before you were born. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> First job at 14 and it just wow. went up from there. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm doing I, math here. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. First leadership position at 18 managing wow. a convenience store. I started out dipping minnows for the fishermen. Most people dip tobacco, but minnows <laughs> yeah. are good too. <laughs> Whatever works for you. Yeah. They're a little salty hey, and slimy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming to Cash Flows today. To talk about fish. <laughs> okay, you like fish. Okay. Dip, dipping minnows out and putting them into a minnow bucket so people can, yeah. Yeah. Ahead. I mean, I grew up in the country, so to me that was something fun. Yeah. They did not expect a, a girl right. to do it. But the, all the fishermen loved, you know, just giving me a hard time and stuff like that. But anyways, back to what I do. I you know, I'm a Jill of all trades. I've done lots of things, but what I really wanted to do in life was to, you know, to really inspire people. And I'm really, I love marketing. I love yeah. all things marketing. Right. And so part of my company is a full service marketing in, um, agency. And right. I, I tell people the best way to describe it is I do everything but billboards. Billboards Ooh, okay. is a, a different baby and i don't like those yeah <laughs> i used to do those back in the, the 90s and yeah it wasn't fun um the other part of it is besides like business consulting i don't really advertise that that's more like the corporations and mm -hmm. the bigger like leadership programs and stuff for ceos and c-suite people and compliance things like that um but the other people side of it besides marketing is i'm a certified mindset and business coach wow so I help people transform their minds, right? Because we are as far as our mindset goes, you know, we become our thoughts become who we are. And then people like we talked about earlier, they need coaching. They need a guide and a partner yeah, to for sure. to walk them through the entrepreneurship. Journey. I think that's one of the you know, when we talk about the attributes of a winner, mm -hmm. I I think all of those things I mentioned are really subsets of their mindset. Yeah. You know, if, if you think, hey, I'm responsible for my own well-being, that's your mindset. It's a subset of what you're talking about. So, you know, that's this absolutely ties in together that, you know, those are the attributes of a winner. And, uh, you know, if you want to go from whiner to winner, you know, you want to talk with somebody like Michelle to really work on your on your brain. 
Yes, yeah, it's very, very interesting. Cool. Yeah, and there's two pieces to that. So I, I work with people, uh, specifically entrepreneurs, about um, really reversing their irrational thought process because it's, you know, we have over 25,000 thoughts in a day, and most of those are negative. And we wake up and sometimes we are negative, you know, and yeah. we we overthink the process and, and, and that can actually be fixed and reversed. A lot of people don't realize that. The other side is, okay, what do we do once we fix those thoughts and become, okay, it's not really as bad as it seems. How do we manage our emotions? And right. so emotional intelligence comes into play with that. And, and that's what I do. So how does somebody engage you? Like, is that, are those sit down sessions? Do you work online? Do you work in person? What's the best way for somebody to work on mindset with, with you? I've learned over the last three years that people um, in that particular coaching, um, they it's a very intimate setting. So a lot of those um, I do with uh, just individual right. coaching. Um, but I'm actually launching a new program this year for just they – I've, a, a lot of people find it hard to show up in consistency, like you say, right. in their schedules. And so I'm I'm launching a VIP program. So you get to spend a day with me. And I've basically condensed all of the the trainings and resources into one long session with real like they can actually leave that session and go apply what they've learned. Wow. Yeah. So it's uh, it's not just some theoretical kind of concept. It's learn it and put it into action the next day. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't know. I think Kenneth, I think that's, I think she's onto something there that we, yeah. we all need coaching. You know, you start to think about the average sports fan mm-hmm. and they love, you know, who are the, I don't know who the great sports figures are. Steve. Uh, Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth. Yeah. I don't know. Tiger Woods <laughs> and Jack yes. Nicholas are two of my favorites. And one of the closest attributes to them is that they were coachable. Yes. You know, Jack Nicholas every year went to his old coach, Tiger Woods, every day practically, and they gave credit in all of their great success uh, to coaching. Mm-hmm. And we, we love these people. And if you, that's what we talked about copy off your neighbor. Hey, you want to be like them, do what they did. Yes. And they all went to coaches. And I think the same can be, can be true in business. You know, Absolutely. So who, the people that you coach, are you coaching people like me, solopreneurs with, you know, high hopes and, you know, those kinds of things? Yes. You know, I've found uh, what works for my clients is it doesn't really matter where they are in their journey. A lot, I do coach a lot of solopreneurs. It's just they they have blocks that they need to overcome to go to really grow and scale their business. And right. so uh, I work with their mindset first and then I, we dig deeper and then they're able to see, oh, wow, there's more opportunity out there for me. I don't necessarily have to be a solopreneur, but right. there's some who just prefer it. You know, right. they have a, they're over the big offices, lots of people, they, they figured out, you know, now post COVID you can do it from a single office and, you know, right. um, but yeah, all of those, uh, Lately, it seems like after COVID, everybody it, it's easier for people to meet online, and so yeah. that's how it's it's easier. But yeah, you know, I think COVID impacted so many businesses, some negatively, mm-hmm. but I think I think also very positively for people like you just mentioned. We realized we didn't have to have a big office. Yes, and my office, like my office now, is the same size as my computer room was at my old office. <laughs> and I like when I came in here, I'm like, okay, we're doing this. And, you know, my office is the size of a refrigerator box, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but, man, is it practical. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're, we're super excited about that. So are there things – now, you have your own method. I mean, you, you have 
Now, tell me, you, you said you did some leadership training as well. You're certified at, at you, can you restate that? Yes, um, I'm a certified mindset coach and business coach. Uh, I also I have, I have certifications like Lean Six Sigma, I'm a green belt. That allows me to go into organizations and develop leadership programs. Okay. And it, I ha, I do have a, a method because a lot of people like in that at that level, they lead with ego instead of right. heart. Right. And mind. And so I, I kind of break the ice on that. Literally, like the first exercise is called an icebreaker. Okay. And it's not like an introduction like you. Most people know icebreakers. Right. And it really shakes things up. It's so fun. Sweet. <laughs> and so most people lead with ego. A lot of wisdom in that statement. What do we know about ego? Ego is not your amigo. Not no. your amigo. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty bad master. Yes. To have an ego. Okay. And so how do you get how does one get certified? Like. I, I mean, this is out of my wheelhouse. Who, who certifies you? Is there an organization that you work under? Yes, there are um, several. And, you know, I really just dislike the word coach out there. Okay. I, I only use it because it resonates with my target audience, but right. I don't like that word. Right. I I was a coach in sports. That works. You right, know, I don't sure. mind that. But in the business field, I don't like it. But um, I... I uh, received my certifications under the Transformation Academy, so they are accredited. Okay. And the the founders have their psychologists. Okay. So it goes a little deeper than just going online and say, "Oh, I, you know, took a test. I went yeah. through these this cool little course and got a certificate." It's I much spent deeper. my four hours, and now I'm a master coach. <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> that's I despise that. <laughs> Don't get me started on that. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we've met some of those people. Uh, yeah, together at the same time. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, so are there things that you do that you believe that others just completely disagree with? Yes, I'm a disruptor when it comes uh, to that. Because <laughs> it's not a popularity contest when it comes to running your business. It's not. No, you know, you've got you've got kids. They're hungry. <laughs> That's right. And timid people have skinny kids. That's true. You know, you got to go out there and do some stuff. What do, what do people disagree with you on? Oh gosh, this is so. And I'm you're probably going to get a lot of emails about this. Okay? That's all right. Cash flows <laughs> at TulsaBong.com. Bring it. Are you ready? Yeah. A lot. Of, well, everyone and their dog and their cat and their horse. They suggest niching down. You got to drill down and only focus on a specific type of customers. Right. I disagree with that. Yeah. Okay. Talk a little yeah. more. Um, that's really working yourself out of a business because right. if you go too specific, yeah, it's one thing mastering a skill, but you can actually master many skills. And that's what I've done. Like I've, yes, I've narrowed it down to a few things that I do, but I reach different audiences. It's right. really about knowing who your customer truly is right. and how to speak to them and how to solve their problems. That's the three things. Like people ask all the time, do you have like a like a, a really thorough, you know, way that you go about business? It's simple. Right. I use the kiss method. Keep right. it simple, stupid. You know, yeah, and yeah. It's, I love that. And and it's true. You know, you only you don't need to, you know, as humans, we like to complicate things right and business doesn't have to be life doesn't have to be complicated and that's what i've learned over the years okay yeah i I, i've not ever really understood that thinking about drill drill down into a very specific niche or niche i'm more of a niche guy niche i use niche people correct me on these podcasts people are so fancy (laughs) yeah they are you You don't have to be i'm not fancy yeah like i'm I'm sorry i'm I'm a hick from the sticks what do you say (laughs) Right. I know. I, there's I'm, actually I'm a guy in the Bond group that was emailing me this stuff, and I, I'd love to show, and I'll show it to you after the show. And he's sending me these long things, 
And I just replied like, I literally have no idea what you're saying. And it's uh, surely it's because I'm so stupid, but I'm sorry. It, <laughs> you don't speak my language. I'll show it to you when we're done. And, and I think people get a kick out of that or something, but I don't think it puts any money in your checkbook. No. I don't think it helps anybody. No, it doesn't. Um, okay. Well, so let's talk about people in your life that have influenced you. you none of us get here alone. No. So who, who are uh, some of the most influential people in the Michelle Mesa story? Gosh. And you can't say your daughters <sighs> who are watching this show live right now. Darn it. Okay. okay. You can't well, say that. They do. But you you only told me to pick two. You know, I've been really fortunate to have some great mentors and leaders along the way and some who are still in my life who are actually local. A few of them are local oh, cool. and they're very successful. I mean, and then my coach, David Meltzer, a lot of people don't realize, like, I have a coach. Right. And I just love him. Um, he is come, comes from the sports industry, but he's such a great leader and he right. talks about removing the ego and he i mean that's his philosophy and that's why it resonated with me but the two most influential people in my life i would say the first one is my music teacher in elementary and high school and you know i had a like most most of us you know no, none of us have like the perfect childhood i had a really dysfunctional childhood and a lot mm-hmm. of people don't realize that a lot of it was hidden those of you who know me from you know growing up a lot of people didn't even know that but right. at this particular stage in my life i had her from 5th grade to my senior year in high school oh cool yeah and she you know she recognized these this leadership potential inside of me and she did not um, waver off that it, you know, and my, I'm the youngest of four children and the only one to finish high school. And my brothers were very disruptive. <laughs> and so by the time I got into high school, all the teachers kind of like singled they're, me out. They were ready like, for you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I was the total opposite. You know, I didn't want to go down that path. Um, my mom just, I really listened to her and took in, you know, she was a steady person in my life. And she, of course she shaped who I am. Um, but Mrs. Adcock, uh, my music teacher, she just she made me better, and she recognized the gift that I had uh, playing an instrument. Right. And when you know when everybody was telling her, you know, like oh, she's such a bad kid, why are you, you know, she sucks, and don't encourage her. Like she's not going to be anything. Like there were adults telling her that. Right. And, How about you? Yeah, but she didn't listen. Ha! She, yeah, I know. Who would have thought? And <laughs> and she gave me an opportunity to have a solo part back then. This will age me a little bit, but Titanic was like the the big. Um, it was big back in the nineties, right. and she gave me the solo part. Oh, and wow. I and she, like as a singer. Like, no, no, <laughs> no. I can sing, but not like that. Okay, but um, as a with playing a soprano sax, which is oh. Kenny G. Kenny G was like my. I, musician that i looked up to right Uh, i played the saxophone but we didn't our school did not have it was a small school right uh, rural community in oklahoma (laughs) and nobody i mean i don't know if she got a grant i don't know how she was able to get this soprano saxophone into our school system but she specifically got approval and taught me how to play it and had me play the solo part um for the titanic uh, for our concert and we actually took it to district and state, and we won with that ensemble. So, wow, yeah, that really changed the trajectory of who I saw myself as. Right, and it really encouraged me because when everybody was just telling me, you know, I a lot of people don't know this, but I I overcome a learning disability. Oh, 
Like my high school. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. Yeah, I would love to. Yeah. Um, It leads into the second person that I was, um, who inspires me. So, you know, it was, my oldest brother was dyslexic. And I mean, he was on so far on the spectrum of dyslexia that people thought he was mentally challenged. Wow. And so, of course, he didn't get far in school. And which is the reason why he didn't make it to high school. Um, Makes sense. But with me, uh, you know, back in the 80s and 90s, we didn't. There wasn't such thing as just under understanding how people learn and learning disabilities and things like that. And I struggled with retaining the information. And uh, it was so bad like I, I did okay in school, but I, I it's because I memorized things. Right. And that's why I was so good at music because I would memorize the sheet music. And so, uh. you know, and that's one thing my, my teacher picked up on. She was like, Michelle, you're the only one who's looking at me conducting when everybody else is looking at the sheet music. And right. she's like, well, how do you do that? Do you practice all the time? I'm like, no, I memorized it. Right. And that's how I got through school. It was so bad that my high school counselor, you know, my mom just, I was the first to, um, with the opportunity and actually to go to college and finish college in both sides of my family. Wow. And my mom was really pushing that. She wanted me to get out, and, you know, do different things. She saw something in me as well. Um, so I went to my high school counselor to pick up all the scholarship applications and she denied me. She's like, you're too dumb to go into college. You need to go into, you know, something else. You wow. need to go to McDonald's Politics. and work your way up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Great right. time. Great time. Yeah. Okay. So, with that said, the second person who inspires me is Dr. Watson in my undergraduate degree. Okay. Uh, he was such a, a remarkable person. He was so patient. He is the first one who identified and recognized that I actually had a learning disability. And so I was actually a, a case study at this college. Wow. And he, you know, created this formula and this um this curriculum that actually allowed people like me to go to college and finish and and excel. And I actually graduated with my undergraduate, my bachelor's degree with honors. Wow. And I, I owe it to him because he was able to tap into the psych part of my brain and reverse that learning disability. Okay. Now, that's quite a story. <laughs> you know, cool. the, the people that were telling the teachers that you were no good, do mm-hmm. we have names? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can, can you get me those names? Yeah, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll we'll, we'll make yeah. sure they get a copy of this podcast yes. and maybe a copy of one of your books. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That'd be great. We're going to take a quick studio break and uh, say thank you to some of our sponsors. Mr. Kenneth, who do we have today? Today, let's embark on a journey into the realm of affordable custom gifting and branded excellence with CM Customs. From custom trophies to personalized closing gifts, lake maps, drinkware, and professional branding items, we're your go-to for unmatched customization, making you the hero of every occasion. Learn more at shopcmcustoms.com. All right. Thank you, sir. Very, very well. And nice music you're playing today. Hey, thanks. You're the, uh, man, that's, you're bringing it. Um, we are here today with Michelle Meza, Luxie Consulting. Luxie is L-U-K-S-I, Luxie consulting.com. How do you do your .com thing? .com. Yeah, I like that. We need to make a little noise for that so we can uh, so we're cooler. Yeah, I got to I got to double check the trademark on that before we do it. Okay. Just yeah. in case. Well, just I like tell- to keep our our, our legal team uh, less busy <laughs> if possible. Well, you could sing it .com like C A L M. Right, that's what I said. <laughs> yeah. For everyone listening, that's what I said. 
Dot, dot com. <laughs> dot com. Dot com. I'm dot com, yeah. That's kind of how we say it in the South. <laughs> yeah. Put yeah. some letters Yeah, the word com has like three syllables. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Put a U in there. <laughs> yeah. So you've overcome some things. and I mean, pretty substantial. Yes. And along the way, it was people who made the difference. And, you know, that's that's sort of the the signature idea behind the Bond Group is that it's people that make the difference. You know, we can't all sell ourselves out of a funk. We can't, you know, you can't beast mode yourself into success. Most often, those stories come from people getting together. And yes. uh, and I, I love to hear that that's how, how your story worked. Well, who who are people from history that if you could, you would sit down and have a cup of coffee with? I love this. I love my answer to this question because it resonates with what we're talking about. And right. you guys did. We're actually talking about Babe Ruth earlier. Right. And Babe Ruth is actually the person who I would love to sit down and, and just pick his brain and no ask kidding. him questions. Yeah. Have coffee with him. Right. Yeah. OK. I, you, you can't just throw that out there. Why? <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you asked. Uh, you know, I grew up, you know, with all boys. Like, I was literally the only girl. And, of course, we played baseball or co-ed, softball, right. things like that. I was in softball. And so Babe Ruth was an inspiration to me. He was like, oh, wow, like he was really good at something. And I didn't want to be him, but I, I was like, okay, I need to get – I need to master my skill. I need yeah. to get better. I didn't want to go to the big leagues, but right. I just wanted to get better at who I was. But the more I understood him and, and researched him and learned about him – I realized that he resonated with me in many ways. Right. And, you know, like myself, he actually he had a really rough childhood, right. which got him into lots of trouble. And it's just so ironic how um, he him being sent to an all boys Catholic school um, and he was forced to be a shirt maker. But he actually picked up baseball and he was naturally good at it right. at the first time he stepped up to it. Wow. And I thought that was so interesting. Um, but really. What I really want to know is like what his mindset was like if I could ask him two questions, the first one would be like, how did you go from being a thief and and realizing like you didn't really have a future to being on a professional baseball league? Like how did your mindset transform into that Um, Two, you know, you would think, you know, all of his quotes are around not giving up and overcoming fear. Right. So you wouldn't think, you would assume, like, he is naturally good at it, right? He literally set records every time he stepped up to the plate. Yeah. And he was a rule breaker, which I love that because I, yeah. I don't like to follow rules. Right. Um, and, you know, I, I just wonder, like, where did you come up with those things to say if you were so good at what you did and so confident and it came easy to him? Right. Well, you know, he was not only the home run king for a long time, undisputed, and but he was also the strikeout king. Yes. And I think there's a lesson not in the successes, but in the fa- – he had more failures than successes. Agreed. He struck out way more time than he hit one over the wall. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and yet here we are, you know, many years later still talking of him. And, it, you know, they'll talk about your successes if, you know, if you make it count. And uh, one yeah. of the two greats, who's your other? Uh, the other Abe Lincoln. Yeah. Yeah, I think he was a great leader. He was kind of like a little rebel back in the day. He didn't, right. He, he just – you know, went down his own path and he didn't let other people tell him what to do or um, really uh, persuade him into right. doing other things than what he should do with the pe- for the people. And to right. me, that that's a sign of a winner. 
Yeah, and you know another one that he lost every major election he <laughs> ran for. He did for a long time. He couldn't have. Get, I mean, he was having trouble getting elected as the dog catcher. Yeah. And uh, next thing you know, you know he's running the country, making major change. Yes. All right. So talk to us on a practical level, and just just a quick synopsis. What's your day like? You know, it goes back to consistency and yeah. routine because right. you can do lots of things. But in order to really keep a strong mindset, because it's one thing to overcome and reverse things, right. it's another thing to have the tools to quickly get back on your feet. But it's another thing in what you do in the daily task, and that's right. what I do. So I'm very strict about my boundaries and my routine, and I start off with positivity, right. meditation, reading scriptures, a devotional that I pick. Like right now I'm on 100 Days of Gratitude that my girls got me this gratitude book nice. years ago. And I and I haven't gotten, believe it or not, I haven't ever finished it until I'm, this year is, is the year I'm going to finish it. And and I, I learned that when I don't do a strict routine and I don't stick to my boundaries, I fall apart really fast. Right. I crash and burn Yeah. before noon. <laughs> okay, so you, you get to this level of success, but surely along the way, you've hit the nail squarely on the thumb. And uh, so what, what would, you know, I know you've had a, a couple of setbacks. What's been your biggest failure? What failure? What'd you learn from it? Oh, yeah. A lot of people don't like talking about this, but I do. We're talking about it yes. here on Cash Flows. Yeah, and I, I hope this encourages others to look at their failures as you tried and you got back up. So um, I've had many, actually, <laughs> lots of failures in business, um, but I would have to say my biggest failure to date, it's like historical, and it really kind of launched another business out of it, right. was uh, I was a fashion designer. Okay. I, my designs, it started out as a necessity because my husband at the time would not give me the money for my, my girl's clothes, and so I made them. My mom made my clothes growing up. Of course, I grew up really poor, so she had to make them. Right. And so I had that gift. I'm like, well, you know, I've got a recital for one, a dance recital, and then I've got a birthday party for the other one. And then I had a stepdaughter who was the same age as my oldest daughter, and I've, I had to quickly figure it out. So I made their outfits, and then it just kind of grew from there. Well, Next thing you know, I was dragging an ice chest. Yes, an ice chest with my designs. I had labels made and everything. I mean, you wouldn't think they would be in an ice chest, but that's all I had at the time. Right. Literally went to every um, show that I could find locally. And it took one person who saw an advertisement. It was a mall advertisement. I actually um, put on a fashion show with a friend of mine, and I raised – I wanted to – I do a lot of volunteer work. A lot of people don't know this. I'm just quiet about it. Um, but there were – I lived in an urban, uh, actually, yeah, an urban area, Tucson, Arizona at the time. And there was a South Tucson. Um, There's just lots of kids without pencils. And the teachers could not afford, they lost their budget that year. Uh. They could not afford even pencils and paper to for the kids to actually do their work. So I, no good. you know, I'm a problem solver. So I, I got, I rallied the troops and I talked to these people at this really fancy mall um, to let me have a fashion show for free. And had a fundraiser, and we actually, I actually had to call the school district to actually bring a bus because my box was overflowing. Like, it, wow. people, it was like they started to put supplies around the stage. It was like crazy. But hmm. um, so, one person who I guess saw that advertisement, I don't know, on on a, on the news, and was actually a buyer from Zoo Lily. And she called me and she was like, We want your designs. And I'm like, Uh, okay. And 
so I debuted on Zulily, sold out within minutes, ended up, you know, set, setting records. And then the buyer from Dillard's in Texas corporate um, was actually, I guess they have a network that they do. And, and they got a hold of me and they're like, we want you to, to design. Cause I was into bridal too. I was making flower girl gowns wow. and they were like, we want you to design a bridal line and a ready to wear line for school clothes. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Wait, so, are, we, are we talking about your biggest failure here? Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. I crashed and burned. Ready for it? <laughs> okay. Okay. So here I was, like, really excited. I, at the time, I had, you know, uh, barely survived a divorce. I was a single mom with two little kids. My mom had moved in with me to help me because I, could, I couldn't keep a job, a W-2, and uh, get my kids to school and daycare. It was just a hot mess, and I was a hot mess at the time. <laughs> but I was determined, like Babe Ruth was, right. that, I, you know, even though I was— you know, Odds were stacked against me. I I don't quit, and so here I was traveling to Dallas Fashion District. Found um, some really talented seamstresses in a, a shop down there. Who uh, I taught them the certain things, how I stitch and everything, and they're like, "Yeah, we we can mass produce it." And literally, are you ready for it? I'm ready. I still have a clothing line on, like in the middle of production because I ran out of money. And then I ran out of. Uh, I didn't think about. <laughs> I didn't think about where to store, like distribution, like where to store right. things, because you have to pre-make them a year ahead of time for retail. Right. A lot of people don't realize that. So I ran out of money, and so That's I lost. Okay. Yeah, I, I had one outfit in Dillard's on display, and then they had to pull it because I couldn't produce. Oh my gosh! To, yeah, they wanted it in twenty-five stores. Hmm. Yeah. So. Wow. Yeah, and I. Couldn't have I couldn't find access to funding. Hmm. Lack of funding. Okay, so you got whacked. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah, and that was a hard you, hit. What'd you learn from that? Um, well, you know, it's funny because even though I have a degree in marketing, a degree in entrepreneurship, not business administration, um, none of that prepares you for how it really is in the business industry right. and strategy <clears throat> is what I learned. Right. So I obsessed I became obsessed with strategy, and that's a big, huge reason why I talk about strategy every time somebody, someone refers me and tags me, and I, that's why I start talking about strategy first, because I right. didn't have one. Right. And if I had one, I would have succeeded. I would have overcome that. So did you always want to be an entrepreneur, and you're an author as well? I mean, you know, those, just as a <laughs> reminder, those people at your school, they were wrong. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Just in, in case anybody's not clear about that, they were wrong. Yes. And uh, and I can't wait for you to give me that list of people. Um, <laughs> There's a lot. Well, you know it's what? Ma list. Maybe we'll just buy a bunch of your books and mail them out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The latest Christmas um, gift. Yeah. I. Uh, you know, or a July first gift or something. I. I think <laughs> we think we need to do that. Um, but you always did. You always want to be an entrepreneur and a author and those things. I mean, is that how you saw it happening? Entrepreneur. Yes. From like I, my started my first business car dealing car deal detailing right. excuse me um, at the age of sixteen. Okay. Yeah, I was obsessed with cars. I'm a car fanatic. I oh, love, I did, oh, yeah. Okay, so you didn't know that. Yes, and I worked. You know, since I was fourteen, right. my parents couldn't and wouldn't pay for me a car, so I bought I've bought all my cars. Right. And um, I was very particular about this. Um, bright electric royal blue, blue's my favorite color, Mustang that I bought for my senior year from the factory. I was so excited. I got to pick wow. it out. I kept it immaculate. And I noticed that people around town, especially the elders, 
struggled with keeping their cars clean. And right. so I just literally started going around the neighborhood. And it was a small town, so everyone knew who I was. And I just say, started saying, hey, can I clean your cars? And and then I realized I needed help. So I went into business or a partnership with a, a guy who was in my uh, on my band team. <laughs> Right. in band with me and right. that's what he played the trumpet and i played the sax and then when we weren't doing that and i wasn't in sports and cheering we were detailing cars that's i mean a lot of a lot of the cheerleaders detail cars for a yeah. business yeah. in yeah. high school i mean that's pretty normal right yeah, yeah pretty normal. i was always kind of odd you know but i didn't i didn't think anything <laughs> yeah of it. That, but that's the good that's the good kind of odd yeah so talk yeah. to us about a productivity hack like is there a thing because i've got a bunch that i use but you learn them over time. Is there a productivity hack for entrepreneurs yes. that, that you think is relevant? Come on, give us a good one here. It's easy. It's simple. Time blocking. Ooh, okay. You literally block out time on your schedule and actually put it on your schedule and you tie it to a task. So right. I I adopted that from Atomic Habits and yeah. I recommend that. Man, that's that, a great book. Yes, that yeah. really changed the way I – how I run my business and I run myself. Right. And that really sets the tone and it really – teaches me discipline yeah because i won't work on a task if it's not in that time block right wow time blocking and uh you know i think that's something that you know you ought to hold a class on that because a lot of people talk about it Mm -hmm. i don't know many people who do it successfully you know they they speak of it i mean it's like me going you know i really love uh bench press (laughs) and i I know how to do it i love a good bench press therefore i am great at bench press (laughs) <laughs> just one yeah I, I do bench nap it's a, it's a, it's a technique okay um, yeah so I, I, I do something similar like I you know for years I've blocked out 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. that's just my time mm-hmm. and whatever I want to do with it if I want to you know play with the dogs or go for a walk or work out or read I mean that's I've just I have to block out the first part of the day for me and my family because nothing else makes sense after that. No. And 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 you do that for each individual task as well. Like on this day, I'm going to call clients at, from three to five. I mean, that's time blocking. Yes. I mean, that's pretty simple though. It is. And I've incorporated a day of rest from that time blocking because I realized that it increased my productivity yeah. and I was able to get things done versus working seven days a week. And I'm so much more productive when I have that day of rest. Yeah. If you give yourself 60 hours a week to complete something, you'll take it. Yes. If you give yourself 30 hours a week to take care of it, you'll also take care of it. But that leaves you 30 hours to actually have a life. Yes. Okay. Final question. Then we're going to do a a golden nugget. Uh, So what's the most important lesson you've learned in your career? Your network is your net worth. Yeah. It's true. And we met at a networking group. We did. Yes, we did. And we're friends. And we're still friends. Yes. And you still like me. That's the surprising (laughs) part. Yes, I do very much. And I like your family. You have a wonderful family. I feel the same about yours. You know, it's it's just joyful to watch. Um, So your network is your net worth. And who you hang around is important. Yes. Right. Yeah. You know that old saying? I actually created a reel. I I had a lot to say that day. (laughs) It was a long reel that I made, but I don't care. Um, you know, the old saying is true, like, you know, bad company destroys good moral behavior. But also, if you hang around the five people, let's say, who are into mischievous things, you become the sixth. Yeah. And I truly believe that. I've tested that when I was younger, right. and, and I see it happen. 
I'm up for some hijinks and mischievous, but <laughs> I am not up for a lazy, slothful, blaming. No. You know, lazy. You know, that's boy. I, I, I I'm 62 years old, and I'll still at work about everybody I know. Same. And because I like it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it, it, how tough is that? All right, yeah. we're with Michelle Meza, LuxyConsulting.com. And Michelle Meza is about to hit us with a golden building block. Do you want to do your your building block sound? With the your, bi- building block? Well, or, or, your, your or bi- business bites? Yeah. Let's. Biz bites? <laughs> <laughs> uh, do, do your... Biz, 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 biz bites? There we go. Okay. All right. Michelle Meza, what have you? <laughs> well, a winner doesn't quit. Yeah. A champion never stops. Right. A winner doesn't quit. And if you're a quitter, you should quit quitting. That's right. Give it up. Quit quitting. <laughs> you should stop quitting so often. And That's quitting, right. I mean, you know, it's not going to get you there any quicker if you're going to change your mind every, you know, that's one of our things about being a champion. Yes. You have a decided heart. That's and right. the word decide means to cut off all other possibilities. And uh, once you've decided, Things begin to happen. The universe opens up to you. That's right. Don't talk about it. Be about it. Ooh. <laughs> I have a sign in my bathroom. It says, say little, do much. That's right. And uh, and I live by that. All right. Well, I think we have a wrap for today. All right. Uh, we want to thank our sponsors and our guests, Michelle Meza with LuxyConsulting.com. And uh, we're glad to be here. You know, our goal is just to move along the food chain a little bit each day, locked arm in arm. Feel like we're just kind of all walking each other home from school, you know. Yeah. And uh, life can be tough and tricky, and that's why it's important to reach out, find a concept or a person you can copy off, and we hope that cash flows is part of that for you. To our friends who continue to click our links and like on us and uh, keep on showing up in our world, we thank you genuinely. And today, let's do this. Let's be nice to each other. Let's do the right thing for our family and make good decisions. And here's one. Today, let's forgive somebody who absolutely does not deserve it. Because forgiveness is not about them. It is about you and these chains that you've wrapped around your body and you can't figure out why it's tough to float. Forgiveness is about you and letting go so that you can move forward. And with that, we want to say thank you for being cash. Thank you for being at Cash Flows and this show. This show is about you, and we're glad you're here. That's our show for today. Stay tuned for another riveting edition of Cash Flows. 